Tonight, lawmakers and legal experts lock arms with the University of the Philippines to protest the Defense Department's move to scrap its security accord with the state university. Seven co-passengers of the Philippines' first case of the new COVID-19 variant are confirmed to be COVID-positive. U.S. President-elect Joe Biden bent on blocking President Trump's plan to lift America's pandemic travel ban against Europe and Brazil. And heavy floods in Bolivia and Indonesia displaced tens of thousands of people. Good evening, I'm Tony Velasquez. I'm Karen Davila. On our broadcast tonight, a firestorm erupts over the move by the Philippine Defense Chief to unilaterally scrap an agreement that required security forces to seek permission before entering the campuses of the University of the Philippines. Malacanang says the decision has the backing of President Duterte. Adrian Ayalin has tonight's top story. Students, faculty, and personnel of the University of the Philippines, along with other progressive groups, expressed their outrage over government's unilateral termination of the 1989 agreement between the university and the Department of National Defense. We will ensure that our community is safe at ipaglalaban po natin in all means and ways para ma-establish pa rin yung UPDND Accord, whether it be in collaborating with other officials outside the university to ensure that the proper action is taken so that the UPDND Accord is still kept in place. This is sanctuary of peace. This is ano, a freedom zone. No? Tapos papasok to mga ito. Defense Secretary Delphine Lorenzana gave notice to UP President Danilo Concepcion that the 1989 accord will no longer be recognized. According to Lorenzana, students are being recruited by the Communist Party of the Philippines and the New People's Army, and the termination of the agreement is necessary for authorities to perform their legal mandate of protecting the youth. Under the 1989 agreement, prior notification to university officials shall be given by the military or the police in case they have to conduct operations in any of the UP campuses. In his reply, Concepcion said the school administration wants to maintain UP as a safe haven for all beliefs and forms of democratic expression. He urged Lorenzana to revoke the abrogation of the agreement. Kung ang UP ay tatanggalan ng academic freedom sa anumang pamamaraan, ang UP ay mawawalan ng saysay at kabuluhan. Kaya tayo ngayon ay magbubuklod-buklod at magkakapit-bisit upang patuloy natin igiit at ipaglaban ang academic freedom. Mabuhay ang mga scholar ng bayan! In the statement, Lorenzana insisted that the state university has become a safe haven for enemies of the state. For the National Union of People's Lawyers, the unilateral abrogation is unjustified and baseless. Marichu Lambino, a media law and ethics professor in UP, says authorities still cannot enter UP without permission, even if the accord was terminated, citing the UP Charter. The Public Act 9500, na na UP Charter, ibig sabihin, yun pong mga service-wide agencies katulad ng Department of National Defense, bound sila 
bound sila na igalang ang academic freedom ng pamantasan. In a statement, Vice President Lenny Robredo said that the termination of the agreement is designed to sow fear, but the people must do what needs to be done. Several senators have also expressed their dismay over the Defense Department's move. Among them, UP alumni Francis Pangilinan and Senator Sonny Angara, whose father, the late Senator Edgardo Angara, was a former UP president. But even as the chorus of opposition grows louder, the PNP has thrown its support behind the move, while the palace said Lorenzana has the full backing of President Rodrigo Duterte. Yung sa America po at sa Inglaterra, Meron din pong polis sa mga campuses. Hindi lang naman UP ang uh, pamantasan na merong academic freedom. Adrian Ayalin, ABS-CBN News. Why was the 1989 agreement between the University of the Philippines and the Defense Department forged in the first place? And can the government actually terminate the accord on its own? Mike Navalio gives us a look at its history in this report. Since the 70s, the University of the Philippines has been the site of protest actions against the policies of the Marcos regime. These demonstrations often end in violent dispersals by authorities. In 1982, students led by Sonia Soto and Defense Secretary Juan Ponce Enrile entered into an agreement prohibiting military and police presence inside UP campuses. Despite this, a staff of the Philippine Collegian, Donato Continente, was abducted by armed men in civilian clothes inside UP Diliman in 1989. Authorities accused him of killing an American soldier. Dinukot na lang siya basta-basta by armed men, civilians. Talaga matindi ang torture. Continente was later convicted and jailed for 14 years, but his abduction led to an agreement between the University of the Philippines and the Department of National Defense, where authorities need to inform UP officials before they could arrest, conduct raids or searches, or even enter UP campuses, except in certain situations like hot pursuit. Authorities are also prohibited from interfering in protest actions inside UP campuses. Ang pangunahing batayan ng uh, kasunduang ito noong 1989 ay yung tinatawag nating pang-akademikong kalayaan o academic freedom. At kung meron kang presensya ng mga pulis at saka ng militar sa loob at pwede silang pumasok kahit na walang paalam, uh, magkakaproblema tayo rito kasi nga nandun yung takot now that Defense Secretary Delphine Lorenzana wants the agreement scrapped, some lawyers and professors from the university say it's not that easy. Lawyer Demery Raval, former general counsel of UP, says the agreement has no exit clause. Unilateral termination is a no-no. I don't know the effect of that. Sa aming mga abogado, walang epekto yan. What Secretary Lorenzana should have done is to force a, is to convene the to ask for the uh, coordinating committee to convene and, and address his concerns. Freedom of expression and the right to dissent are sacred among UP students and faculty. Just last year, UP was again the venue for opposition to government policies, this time against the implementation of the anti-terrorism law. UP's fight, critics say, mirrors a bigger battle. Talagang, ano, deliberate yung attempt na sikilin. Mm. Yung nalalabi na lang maliit at lumiliit na espasyo ng demokratikong kalayaan natin. Yan ang magiging problema na pag pinayagan natin to. Eh, they can do it to UP, they can do it an an anywhere. For the past decades, UP has been the bastion for free exchange of ideas and unfettered expression of criticism towards government policies. But it's not just the right of every UP student or faculty that's at stake here. 
Critics say this is an indication of the shrinking democratic space in the Philippines. Mike Navalio, ABS-CBN News. Seven passengers on the same flight taken by the first Philippine case of the UK coronavirus variant are declared positive for COVID-19. But the Philippine Genome Center will still have to determine whether they've been infected by the UK variant itself. More from Rafael Bosano. More than 200 contacts of the 29-year-old Filipino who tested positive for the more contagious UK variant of the coronavirus have been contacted by the Quezon City Epidemiological Surveillance Unit. According to its head, Dr. Raleigh Cruz, among the 200 are first and second generation contacts of the patient. Karamihan sa kanila ay naswab na natin hanggang second level. So anaantayin na lang po natin yung mga resulta ng mga ito. Daily, monitor natin sila if they have symptoms. The Philippine Red Cross has also sent seven samples which tested positive for the virus to the Philippine Genome Center. The seven samples are also passengers of flight EK332. There are still no reports whether any of the seven positive samples had the UK variant. Yung sinest ng Red Cross, seven because they gave us a list of eight, pero mali yung numbering nila. So we submitted the samples with the PRC to the Chating Genome Center. After that, wala na kaming information. After confirming the presence of the UK variant in the country, the PRC wants to maximize their testing outputs so that more people will be tested whether or not they have been infected. We don't select the patients and we don't Rafael Bosano, ABS-CBN News. Outgoing U.S. President Donald Trump set to lift COVID-19 travel restrictions on the United Kingdom, the European Union, and Brazil. But as our North America Bureau Chief T.J. Manotok tells us, President-elect Joe Biden vows to reverse the questionable move. Two days before he takes office in the White House, President-elect Joe Biden and his wife Jill spent time on Martin Luther King Day giving back to the community. The soon-to-be first couple spent their morning of the MLK holiday at the Philabundance Food Bank in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where they help pack canned food into boxes. The commemoration of MLK Day kicks off Inauguration Week with security heightened in Washington, D.C. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, meanwhile, volunteered as well in a food bank in Washington, D.C. Harris formally resigned from the Senate as she submitted a letter of resignation to Governor Gavin Newsom of California. Her seat will be taken by Newsom's appointed successor, Alex Padilla, the Secretary of State of California. I am very much looking forward to be sworn in as the next Vice President of the United States, and I will walk there to that moment proudly with my head up and my shoulder back. Meanwhile, developments inside the White House. President Donald Trump is expected to lift coronavirus-related travel restrictions that cover much of Europe and Brazil starting on January 26, nearly a week after he leaves office. A head-scratcher of a move that immediately got a reaction from the Biden camp, who vows to reinstate the ban based on the recommendations of their science and health teams. Trump recorded a farewell address from the White House on Monday, offering a list of accomplishments from his four years in office. It was a tape valedictory message from the state for the residents, which could be released on Tuesday. On the day of their inauguration, 
Biden and Harris will not see thousands of supporters filling up the National Mall. But this site will be in front of them. Thousands of commemorative flags filling up the historic park to symbolize the Americans who wish they could be there but have to stay away due to the pandemic and threats of violent protests. After they take their oaths, Biden and Harris will be the new occupants of the White House. For Harris, she once again breaks the glass barriers and will make history as the first South Asian and Black American woman to become the vice president of the U.S. Harris's mother was a cancer researcher and an immigrant from India. Her father, an immigrant from Jamaica. Harris did not get to finish her first term as a senator as she moves up to the White House. Prior to her time at the Senate, Harris made her name as the Attorney General of California, where she was known to be a trailblazer of a prosecutor. Harris is married to fellow lawyer Doug Emhoff, who becomes the country's first ever second gentleman. She is the stepmom of Emhoff's two children from a previous marriage. The kids fondly call her Mamala. As for Biden, he's no stranger to the White House after serving eight years as Barack Obama's vice president. Before that, Biden was a stalwart in the Senate for 36 years. He became one of the youngest senators at only 29 years old. But shortly after breaking into the Senate, tragedy struck as Biden's wife, Mela, and daughter, Naomi, died in a car crash in 1972. In 1977, Biden married high school English teacher Jill Jacobs and had another daughter, Ashley. Biden again lost another child as Bo, who served in the military and was Delaware's attorney general, died of brain cancer in 2015. His other son, Hunter, who had his battles with drug addiction, has been the target of Republicans with his controversial business dealings in Ukraine and China. In his years in the Senate, Biden was known to be well-liked by both his party mates in the Democratic Party as well as his friends across the aisle from the Republicans. Critics expect decades of good working relationships with the GOP will serve Biden well in the White House. As Joe and Jill Biden enter the White House, they may not be with their children, but they won't be alone as they will be with their dog, Major, who is now well known as the first pet who will bring the much-needed stress relief to the White House. TJ Manotok, ABS-CBN News, San Francisco, California. Central Argentina is rocked by a magnitude 6.8 earthquake. The U.S. Geological Survey put the quake's epicenter some 27 kilometers southwest of the town of Posito at a depth of 14 kilometers. No casualties have been reported so far. In Bolivia, floods triggered by heavy rain have affected around 13,000 families. The flood victims are complaining local authorities have given little to no assistance to help them rebuild their damaged homes. Floods also forced tens of thousands of people to flee their homes in Indonesia's South Kalimantan province. At least 15 deaths have been reported. The area has experienced nearly 10 days of non-stop rain. More extreme weather there is forecast for the coming weeks. Our final word tonight is a quote from Brian McGill. Each positive thought is your refuge and your sanctuary, where in that thoughtful moment, you are safe. Beautiful. And that is The World Tonight, the 19th of January, 2021. I'm Karen Davila. And I'm Tony Velasquez. From the Philippines, thank you. Mabuhay.